Toasted Soul. Toasted Soul is a podcast hosted by me, Greg Keane. Toasted Soul will be exploring technology news, business news, and just general rants on life. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Toasted Soul. Today I have with me Brandy Styles and Perrette Walker. Hey guys, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, okay. Yeah, so. so excited to be here, Greg. <laughs> so I'll go. Um, I'm Brandy Styles. I am living in my year of 40. I just turned 40 um, in January. So it has been quite an experience. I work in e-commerce, but I'm currently transitioning, if you will, into a new career move. So I'm very excited about that. Have one son and there's, yeah, there's not much to say. <laughs> there's a lot to say. My name is Perrette Walker. I'm a educator by day, floating butterfly by night. <laughs> that is an accurate description. <laughs> and really committed to, I think the latest thing is really committed to really actualizing working as a healer in the community and just trying to figure out what that looks like. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Nice to have you guys. Brand new surprise today, but it's a very good surprise. So ladies, tell me what's going on. Like what, you know, with all the craziness that's happening right now, we have our COVID going on. We have our Black Lives Matter going on. We have the craziness happening right now in China. What's going on with you every day? What's your thoughts? Man, I... I I feel like I saw this on Twitter, I think it was this morning when they were saying that the ebonic plague was was being tested. And I thought literally nothing else. Tested? What do you mean tested? They were saying in China yeah. that they're testing for someone a case for the ebonic plague. And I thought this this year 2020 has just <laughs> been a year and it's only been six months. I mean, officially yeah. we're in the seventh. Yeah. I guess you can say it's not finished, but it's been an intense six months of life, even just personally. Mm-hmm. And I actually had, I know you weren't prepared for this, but I had a question of how you would name your first six months. If you could give each month from January to June a title. Oh my gosh. What wow. would you name it? Because it's been that kind of year. It's it been that kind been. of year. And you have to provide a little synopsis of why you gave it that title. Oh my gosh, I'm not good at this. Honestly. <laughs> It's going to be good. It's going to be good. uh, I give my first six months of 2020 bad girlfriend. Right, 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 right. Is that January, February or January? Sorry? Is that January and February or just January? Or the entire January to June? Uh, The entire thing. Wow. Like bad girlfriend. It's just insane. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a roller coaster up and down and it's, it's just, everything is unpredictable. Right. And then, well, what was it? Um, Kanye, his announcement that, well, his possible announcement. And the thing is, it's like it, for me, I'm like, eh, it ties in, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the world has almost ended and now we're going to have a crazy person. I'm like, it all, it, it all makes sense. You yeah. can't throw anything at me right now that I won't be, you know, I won't be surprised. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on the, I'm on the side where I'm like, there's going to be aliens. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It's official. Yeah. I mean. yeah. But yeah, I would say like my first six months, I would call it just a bad girlfriend. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Like this is a bad relationship. You know what I mean? Like we've all had bad relationships and that's, yeah. that's, this is what my first six months is. Right. Got you. Brandy. Oh, wow. Crazy, stupid, beautiful. Crazy, stupid, <laughs> beautiful. Okay. Break yeah. it down. Break it down. January was amazing for the most part. Like, came into the new year thinking like, this is my year, I'm turning 40. I could feel this shift happening. Had an awesome 40th birthday. And then, yeah, like literally the next day, I've talked about this to you. The next day, had an amazing like get together party to celebrate my 40th. And the next day, Kobe died. And everything's been going downhill from there. So yeah, I would just say, that there's nothing, I think I, I called it that because it's literally been so crazy. It almost seems like it's a reality show. Yeah. Like you're pumped. You're yeah. getting like pumped. it's not real, right? right? Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody to be like, this That's is actually off. a great title. Right? The reality show. The reality show. The variety show. Mm-hmm. It really feels like a variety show too. I'm waiting for someone to be like, yeah. oh, you were, you're this, there's Ashton. You're, this whole six months has been pumped. Yeah, (laughs) that's how I feel. Um, But in all of the chaos, I still think that there's a lot of um, beauty that came out of it. And that is coming out of it. I think in a way that we have been able to, we've been forced to reset. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we weren't doing before. Yeah, like the world was just, it was like a big rat race. And then COVID hit and everything came to a standstill Mm -hmm. and we had no choice. Mm-hmm. But to reset, engage with our families, engage with people on like real time, mm-hmm. think about the things that we took for granted, like something as simple as like going to the coffee shop yeah. where we could yeah. not do that because yeah. the whole world shut down yeah. and having the freedom to do that, just everything. But yet I feel that in all the chaos, even with the Black Lives Matter stuff, in all the chaos, there's a lot of beauty and transformation and breakthrough coming through that. Yeah. Almost feel like it's a renaissance period. There's so many people that I know yeah. that are like stepping up yeah. to mm-hmm. fulfill their personal best. Yeah. Just because they now have the time to breathe. Yeah. And so they're they're creating their own joy and they're finding meaning in stuff, which, you know, has it's good and bad for some people because mm-hmm. sometimes that means that we have to break away from things that we're we're used to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of crazy, beautiful, and a lot of stupid things going on. Stupid. Just got to throw some stupid in there. Yeah. Right. I think for me, it's, if I had to summarize all of it, because I gave every month a chapter. Well, deep. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I don't remember all of them by off the top of my head. I decided to write them down. But January was like depressed mode. Like it's definitely a low... Mm-hmm. just feeling like sad like just I mean I feel like every new year starts this way where you're just mm-hmm. overly processing and trying to clean out closet mentally and then you know you, Do you feel like maybe it's because we put too much pressure on ourselves oh I'm totally a perfectionist like you know every year is supposed to be great and different yeah. and mm-hmm. so then when I realized that certain shifts have been made there's usually some low mm-hmm. um February was all about love my friend got my best friend got married and that sort of took me out of my funk march was hard i had a miscarriage so that was difficult but when i went through it i felt like hopeful so march felt hopeful for me right 
it felt like I had a glimmer of hope things. I don't know. I left really hopeful. April was about pushing through even when you didn't feel like you had the capacity to. And so I was mm-hmm. amazed at what I was able to accomplish even in coming through sort of a funk like that. Mm-hmm. Maze blur. Right. Or May snow, like it snowed in May. I don't know if we yeah. were. It did. There was snow yeah. in May. Like it was raining. It was hailing. It was hot. Yeah, like it was right. just a hot. Yeah, May was messed up. Yeah, it was May so was messed, messed up. up. It was so messed up. Yeah. And I think by that time we were like, we didn't even know what day of the week it was. No. Yeah. Like every day. Was like, one big day. Yeah. It yeah. was like one never ending day. You're like, yeah. right? Basically? Literally through. Yeah. yeah. It was just, yeah. And then June, June is healing again. And I think July is, I, like, I was out in the backyard the other day and I thought, I still choose joy. I mean, I know everyone's yeah. hashtagging black joy, black joy. For me, that's, that's not a new hashtag. Like, I mean, I didn't necessarily need to say it like that, but the idea of chasing joy, mm-hmm. I think two birthdays ago, that was my... Yeah, but I, I feel like since since I've really gotten to know you, um, that's one thing I can always say is that you, I feel like you're actively always chasing joy. Yeah. Well, thank you, darling. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling like I still choose joy. And I think that that's what's up in the middle of all of what's happening in the crazy year that has been, (laughs) I don't, I didn't, well, so what happened was my husband had a heart attack just last month. So in the middle of all of that, it's like, I'm still choosing joy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still going to, you know, while they're trying to tell black people, even at work where it's, it's just been a hot mess of Mm -hmm. a time where it's like, everyone's turning to all the black people to solve anti-black racism. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm still choosing joy. I'm still, I'm going to end I know we still got six months of the year to go, but it's I'm still gonna fight, hold on, and cling to any right. tad tidbits of joy that I can. Right? It could so, work out. It could work out. I, I think. Yeah. I think it's possible. And that's the that's the best way to live, right? You can't really dwell on sadness. You have to choose joy. Like every morning, you have to get up and just smile and say, "Let's do this." You know what I mean? And I think that's what it comes down to. That's interesting that you have a, a chapter for each month. What do you guys think about like? the the months to come like what are the what are your predictions i mean like it's been so crazy uh, like the craziest in my entire life what do you see coming forth i feel like i'm not prepared i'm I'm not prepared to what i mean by that is Mm -hmm. i'm not prepared to have a prediction because it's been a year of not being able to predict anything and (laughs) a part of me is a little scared like the perfectionist controlling person inside of me that I like to deny that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What's and your, what's your, what's your sign? I'm a Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Yeah. So like we're, we, I guess we are who we are, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in denial about that. Sometimes I'm not. And you know, one of the things is we, we push through, we're pretty aggressive in our own ways. Although I'm read very quietly mm-hmm. and you know, you know, when you get to know me, you see the fire and but you're a doer though. I'm a doer. Yeah. yeah. You're like a silent doer. <laughs> <laughs> and which isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. It's just so I feel the ways that I literally can't control 
the next step so much so and this sounds really morbid don't you know nothing is we're, wrong with it. we're going with it i've been thinking a lot about death i've been thinking about the way this year has been so unpredictable mm-hmm. are we ready to die are people ready to I die that conversation am i ready to die yeah am I you have to think about that i've been thinking about death for like since I was a kid, because I look at it, funeral is real in my head. Like that, that funeral life is like, yeah. Um, and, and it's it's. I think when we talk about death, I think a lot of people look at it as this morbid, like, oh my god, is this person? Do we need to call someone for this person? But death is it's integral. It's part of life. So to not think about it, I think is weird. Going to happen. It's the one thing that happens to all of us. Yeah. So to not think about it is to me weird and it's not it's not a morbid thing to think about it's it's just like thinking about what am i going to be doing tomorrow right that's, mm-hmm. that's how i look at it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the next six months like i said i believe that there will be aliens period <laughs> and, and if you look at it at the beginning of the year the, the u.s government released all those videos showing mm-hmm. those, those ufos right so i think it's like a build-up towards it other than that uh you know, come what may, like, it's like, bring it on. Like, you know, I've gone through the fire already in the right. past six months. So it's like, you can't throw anything new at me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's literally and anything goes, I think, in, in my head. Yeah, I'm, I can't be prepared no. for what's going on, yeah. but what I can do, and especially in, in the spirit of thinking about your own mortality, and so I'm sitting here, especially with COVID and saying like, there are so many people that were here and then this thing happened mm-hmm. and it has no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. And every time we think that we have an idea of how it, how it works, yeah. it, it shifts and transforms itself, yeah. right? So we think it's old people, then it starts to hit young people. We, we didn't think, even think it was black people. Right. We, I we remember, didn't think it was black, right? I distinctly people remember were like, like, no, it's oh, not it's not us. And then you were yeah. getting like, oh, drink drinking soda and, and something. Yeah. And then it's like, then it becomes us, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a problem. That was a, I saw that as a major problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have these institutions that are in place to protect us from these things and to bring us information about these things. And they didn't have the answers. They yeah. didn't have the answers and they didn't have a plan in place. It's like, you know that this kind of stuff could happen. And if it happens because we are, we're, it's not like we, we travel by horse and buggy anymore. We've traveled yeah. by jetliner. So if yeah. something goes wrong here, like a viral situation, it can spread quickly. And they weren't prepared. And then they didn't have the answers. They didn't know what was going on. I'm like, how? Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was depressing. The alien invasion is essentially the question, right? So yeah. how do we not have a plan yeah, for, for the, the alien, alien invasion? invasion? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have movies about it, mm-hmm. but we don't have an actual plan. And that's right. kind of what Corona and all the unpredictability that is coming yeah. with it kind of signifies, right? It's but at the end of the day, you just have to, you have to go with it. And I mean, like, for me, yeah. the one thing that I've been trying to live by over and over is I'm saying, if I were to get hit tomorrow with this thing, and I know that, you know, this is it. Am I going to be happy with the life that I've lived? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, what am I going to do to be intentional mm-hmm. to try to get closer to the life that I want to live in the time that I have? Because I don't necessarily know, right? 
I could say, oh yeah, we're gonna get through this thing. You know, and as, as honestly, as, as you said, as morbid as it sounds, you're sitting there and you're like, why would you think that you may not be around when the second wave hits? But I may not be around when yeah. the second wave hits. Yeah. But during that time, am I going to sit here and just be like, well, I think that's life. Or am I going to try to be intentional and do something to satisfy my soul and satisfy it? that? I think that's my greatest fear mm-hmm. is not the dying. Mm-hmm. The greatest fear is dying and feeling like I didn't accomplish what I wanted to do. Yeah. Or I wasn't on that path to doing it. I think for I me, that's what it is. So yeah. go ahead, Brett. Go ahead, Brett. Yeah, no, when, when you were speaking, I was thinking actually about the idea of, of the importance of those healing processes, mm-hmm. right? And how many of us are sort of faced with ourselves during this time, faced with, and I feel like this year, or when you think of the next six months, when you ask that question, Greg, it's just like, what are we equally committed to in terms of that soul work? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and are we making spaces for each other to, do we see that as activism? Do we see that as taking care of ourselves? Do we mm-hmm. see that as black joy and, and agency to take care of our spirit and to deal with our stuff, you know, and, Absolutely. and to even deal with the, the non-closure that comes with dealing with our stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of pushing things under, there's a lot of rage, there's a lot, which is fine, but there's not, we don't see that commitment to our wellness as as important in this conversation. And I think that, I, I don't know why we are constantly sort of hanging ourselves out by the fork, so to speak, to this like, yeah, we're just gonna sacrifice, we're gonna disappear, we're gonna be unwell. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I, I think I've been thinking about what it means to give ourselves some soul peace, you know, like some peace in our souls as part of the joy project, if mm-hmm. you will, while we are trying to press on with all the stuff that are, that is part of Absolutely. the now, the unpredictability, unpredictability, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thinking a lot about what does healing look like and is healing a part of the plan? I think that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I, I think a lot of us were, yeah, a lot of us don't look at that point, like the the whole self-healing. And I think that is uh, very necessary, especially in our community. I think that's very necessary. I talked to a, uh, someone a few weeks ago about self-healing in our community and how it's a necessary thing. And it's, it doesn't seem like it's happening because, you know, to talk to someone, like to sit and talk to a psychologist, it seems weird and it's not, it's not something Black people do but it's something that is, is necessary. And I, I mean, like for me, what I do is I do a lot of meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Even like yesterday, I, my phone broke and um, the screen cracked. So now when I run, I don't have music on. I don't want to carry my phone with me just in case it yeah. drops and cracks. Um, so I find that uh, when I used to run a long, long time ago, like 10 years, more than 10 years, 15 years ago, and I didn't have headphones on, I was like just thinking so much about like self, you know what I'm saying? And reflecting and just that kind of stuff. And I found that to be, that alone to be very meditative and very kind of healing because a lot of times it's like, 
I was uh, addressing a lot of things that I probably just put off to the side and I was able to, because I go running for like sometimes hours at a time, right? So I was just able to just be with myself and, and my own thoughts. Um, so self-healing, yeah, whether like depending on how how you want to approach it, I guess, is the term, I guess, I don't know. But how, how self-healing, what self-healing means to you, it's a necessary thing that we all need to, um, to, to exercise. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Brandy, to your, to your, something you said earlier about reality show, I just wanted to put, bring this up. <laughs> Have you guys heard, heard that uh, uh, Elon Musk, he believes that we are in, a, in a, a virtual, like a simulation, like the Matrix kind of thing? Kind of like the Truman Show. Do you remember that movie? No, I don't remember the Truman Show. Scary. I love so, that show. So basically, the Truman Show is him living in this in the world, but he doesn't realize that. Like halfway through the movie, he realizes that it's actually being viewed by like millions of people. Oh well, it's not. It's not like that. It's more like the Matrix. Yeah, like right. Matrix. It's like we are in a we're in a simulation, and either we are we are real people. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's a computer program. We're in a computer right. program, yeah, and uh, we both don't know. Huh? I said both analogies are actually pretty powerful. Yeah. So going back to your your re- reality show mm-hmm. uh, thought, I was just wondering, what are your thoughts about that, or both of you guys? What do you guys do? You guys think that's possible because we've gone through such like so many things that seem so unreal, and they all just piled on to the to themselves um, in the last six months. What do you guys think? Is is that a possibility or is that somewhere where your mind goes to or doesn't go to at all? I don't think that for myself personally, like everybody has their views on it and mm-hmm. that's an interesting take. For myself, I don't necessarily believe that we're in some kind of matrix. I literally- How do you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't, but I just feel like the belief system that I was partially raised with that I I came to critically think about and unflesh for myself to get meaning in in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of feel like, oh, this is kind of like a signs of the time thing. However, in my own way, I'm kind of like, I don't think the world is ending. I think 150 years ago when they were going through their own stuff, they thought that was the signs of the time mm-hmm. and the world was going to end. And yet, yet and still here we are. I just think that we are a lot more, um, we're a sophisticated society and we didn't necessarily prepare ourselves for what was coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I can see the matrix correlation and connecting. I'm forgetting her name, but the black woman who knew and saw things i forgot her name oh, like, i forgot i forgot her yeah. role in the movie it was just terrible so anyone who loves the matrix oh, the, the, uh, the oracle oracle thank yeah. you the oracle. i love the matrix <laughs> i love the matrix too but i forgot her name so the yeah. oracle had knew that he was coming knew that he was the chosen one right, right. and so there's a way that even to go back to your faith, like there's a prediction of what the world as it is sort of falling apart for lack of a better phrase. You know, this is coming. Many right. books of the of the faith speak to this sort of deterioration in the humanity, of humanity. humanity. Yeah. And 
and then there's a coming. And the question is, what is that? What is the breakthrough going to look like? And mm -hmm. different people see and per perceive different things happening with that, right? Yeah, um, so like, in a way, you know, I'm thinking, wow, God's sitting back and being like, y'all, this, like, maybe he's saying, you know, like, y'all don't even know. This is, this is nothing right now. Mm -hmm. you're, you're panicking. Right. Yeah, in the world, and it's about to get hotter. <laughs> this is a test for, to prove <laughs> yeah. a real test. Like the second wave is about to yeah. come. Yeah, and it's and true. and it's going to be real. And I I think actually when you think about the next six months, that's what I'm actually thinking about is what's mm -hmm. the second wave looking like. I think the second wave is going to be bigger. Like I've been saying that I'm like, when I first saw what was happening in in Wuhan in China. Like uh, there was a guy, I forget his name and his video, like just totally gone. The videos he was showing, he was like on the street in China and he's showing like people like passing out and falling down in the street. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, this is crazy. And he goes, yeah, this is happening. And then all of that stuff disappeared. And just like, you know, when you binge YouTube, some things you just don't even think to like, remember that person's name, you think it's gonna be there. Anyways, it's now gone. What I was saying back then is like, if this thing comes to North America, we're screwed. Because in China, they're, you know, they're a dictatorship, so they can control it, every bit of it. They can control their people. And in North America, you can't control the people on that level. No. So I was like, if it comes here, we're totally screwed. Yeah. And then it came here. I'm like, okay, this summer, we are fucked, right? <laughs> because yeah. no one's going to want to stay in. Like, are you yeah. crazy? Yeah. They're going to be like, no, I'm going out. I don't give a, you know, whatever. And I think... If you're looking at these things right now, people are going out, people are hitting the bars and doing all kinds of stuff. And a lot of them don't want to wear masks, right? I'm like, just put it on. Like it it's yeah. it makes so much sense, but people yeah. don't want to. You see them crowding and stuff like that. So I think the summer is gonna be where it's gonna work. A lot of people are gonna catch it, and then that's where the, the second wave is gonna yeah. up in the fall. And that's you know, I mean, like it's predicted by by professionals. So yeah, yeah the second well, wave is gonna be tough. If yeah. you even look at like you were saying in the beginning of the year where you were seeing that guy, I know there was a doctor in like December mm -hmm. who had like taped himself and said, listen, I'm one of the guys that's working on this right now. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be bigger and more catastrophic than anything you guys have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you said, with the di dictatorship, the, the Chinese government was trying to cover it up. So they were like, oh, he's an enemy of the state. He's not telling the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he ended up, ended up dying, you know? Yeah, yeah, he ended up dying. And that seems suspicious to me. But. Right. Right? Yeah. Right? Then he ends up dying. His yeah. family is like, he's they, mourned over it. He's the mourned whole, the yeah, whole right? And then everybody, and it's just like crazy. They wanted to jail him because they felt like he was, it was treason. Yeah. And then it got across the sea. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, by the way, he was right. And I'm like, um, he was always right, friends. Yeah. And you knew that he was right. Yeah. Apparently they they saw it before that too, before December. It was like in October they saw it. Yeah. I don't I don't doubt it. And here's I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was saying, like there were a couple of people that I knew that um got sick. And wasn't it wasn't like a sickness that we'd ever known, but then it was kind of like, oh, it's just a really bad case in Oh, yes, yes. oh we really and now I'm realizing this was happening in like November, yeah. December. Yeah. And now in March, when they're like COVID, I'm like, wait a second, it could have well and been here. I have thought from that in the thought. fall, but we didn't know what it was. And they weren't 
the the information hadn't leaked yet to tell us that there was something on the horizon. I 100% upon reflection, because I was sick. I mean, this cold was not leaving me like almost a month. And I just felt better by the end of the month. And I was like, what the hell was that? Like had to take a puffer, everything. Yeah. We had that at at work, her and her husband. Yeah. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, right. didn't know. Just had to take, thank God I was actually on leave. So, right. you know, it didn't really affect, but I was knocked out from Christmas to about, I, I remember now that like you say mid, it, I remember mid, that. Mid yeah. January, like, can't get over this cold, don't know what happened. You yeah. know, so I've, I've thought like it must have been an earlier form of something. Yes. That may have been out there. I think it's Dr. Rhonda Patrick, I think. She's saying that. It, you have to just make sure you have like buffer up your your immune system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she talks a lot about that. And uh, what she's saying was uh, vitamin D is very important, and especially for Black people, we, yeah. don't, we don't get as much vitamin D. So she's just like take as much vitamin, well not as much, take like the daily dosage or whatever of vitamin D. What your doctor would be able to tell you. Yeah, I think it's something like for for non-Black people, it's supposed to be like five hundred. Yeah, then, uh, well, I take four thousand IU's. Yeah, then it's more. Yeah, for us, it's more because yeah, our skin is protecting us from right. the the sun. Like if we're still in Africa, it'd be cool because the sun is so right. strong. Yeah. But over in in these lands, it's yeah. we're not getting as much sun. Yeah. So yeah, so she said like really take a lot of vitamin D and just I think focus this time just focus on on building up your immune system, whatever that is like whatever your moms have told you, like, oh, drink a lot of this tea or whatever, you know. Um, you, know you know what's interesting is I was realizing that I slacked on that because I'm totally, my dad calls me Obia lady. Technically, yeah. <laughs> anything that I do, I learned from, from my them. family. Yeah. So, you know, the other day I dropped him some Moringa pills because he said he was- Love Moringa. Yeah. I take that every single, I just took some. Like yeah. that stuff is like the miracle drug, trust yeah, me. But I'm, I'm taking care and putting all these pills and these bushes and boiling this tea and this tea. And, but I slacked off with myself. Like I was like, you know what? But isn't that just that's? Just, I, I don't want to just. I, I don't want to be that person. I, think, I, I but think, I feel I, like that's the condition of the black woman. But yeah. I really I'm do. Really trying, I hear you. I hear you, Randy. I do. I think it's the condition of the black I'm woman. I'm really trying to balance that because I know we neglect ourselves. Yes. Like I'm conscious yeah. of that, and I. It's not that I. But you see the way that it's hard to take care because you mm-hmm. you're tired by the time it comes to you, and that that sucks to say that, but that's kind of what happens. Is you're sure. just like, oh, I've taken care of everybody else, and taking care of me is just sleeping right now, you know. Right. And and but yeah, I'm like it's just the building up your immune system, the turmeric, the teas. I mean, I boil all kinds of leaves, like yeah. all the time. And you can't start two weeks before. You the really second thing happens. Like you we really gotta can. be doing stuff now. You gotta be doing it, yeah. Even you like the vitamin D. Even the vitamin yeah. D. I'm like, it's in the cupboard. It's been weeks. I I also don't like to take. I like to prescribe. I'll give Greg his medicine and be like, make sure you yeah. take medicine. I don't like to take no pills. No. no. I I I sucked with birth control because I yeah. just wasn't like <laughs> regulated. I like, don't like to take pills. <laughs> so now it's just like. Oh, just keep it going, P. Like stick, be committed. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Team, like that. I'm mm-hmm. not a person. Um, mm-hmm. I get shit done, but I'm not. I'm the butterfly. Like I just want to do it on my time. On my. Don't tell me when I have to get it 
you have to set up systems. That's what I always tell people. Like I'm consulting with someone right now, and I was just explaining to her how I how I how my life runs. Right, I have this huge mirror that's in my um, like as soon as you walk through the door, there's like a yeah, huge right. mirror, and instead of using it to like look at myself most of the times, I write all kinds of stuff on it. Right, so like I have my entire schedule there, like things I got to get done and things I got to do tomorrow. Right, and then I just like erase them as they go. It's like my whiteboard. And then uh, for my morning routine is my uh, taking my medication, like not medicate, but like my vitamins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have a little bowl that I put all the pills in. So I'll take, I'll get up in the morning. I'll take my pills um, like vitamin D, moringa, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And I pour them all into the little bowl. Then I get up in the morning, I have them and then I refill and I put it in another spot and I just repeat. But I think if you set up systems uh, and you just try to stay with it, those yeah. systems become part of your life and you just, yeah. you just do it. So yeah. tell me more about this pill bowl. Is it daily pill bowl or do you have the bottles of pills in it? What do you mean? Like I just like, I have my vitamin D, so I take out two vitamin Ds. They're 2,000 two IUs each, huh? You have two pills inside the bowl. So like yeah. your bowl, it's like candy jar, but it's pills. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So daily candy jars. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just get up, pop them all, and then I I start my day, and then I refill it and then start my day. Hmm. I actually think I'm gonna buy myself a pill container and do the same thing because I work well with things organized and look pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that works for me. It appeals to me visually, so it's easier to be like, oh, okay. I've laid it out and I just pop, you know, and I never thought to do that because you typically think those containers are for when you're ill oh, yeah. and old and you think that's when you sort of lay out your pills situation. Because yeah. I know I suck at it. I know it's like if I could put drops of vitamin D because I take the liquid into some sort of thing that I put daily, I would do that, but I know. Right. Can't do that. It's honestly, I agree with Greg. It's just a system. I was horrible at doing Mm -hmm. it. And then um, I got really sick and I had to commit to myself to take care of myself because I was taking care of everybody else. And then I broke down and I had to, the best analogy I ever heard of was I was listening to a YouTube video once and a motivational speaker said, imagine yourself as a cup and a saucer Hmm. and you're pouring into the cup when you pour into the cup and it gets filled up then it runs over you as an individual or not you as an individual but us as black women because it was specific to black women Mm -hmm. us as black women have a instinctive and natural habit to take out of that cup and give to the people around us when in actuality we're not supposed to be doing that we're supposed to be giving them the overflow Mm -hmm. we are supposed to have what's in the cup that's for us if we're giving them out of the cup we're giving them our reserve Mm -hmm. you're depleting yourself yeah you're depleting yourself so what happens when you give out of the cup there's nothing overflowed nothing right so then there's nothing for for anybody you've already given them and then there's nothing for you I really had to, that stuck with me. I, I heard it a couple of years ago and that's really stuck with me. So this time around when I got sick, I just had to keep reminding myself, 
filling fill your cup fill your cup and so I I I ordered all the things and did what I needed to do and and I used to do the same thing I hate medication I can mm-hmm. I can never remember and I literally was just setting timers in my in my iPhone oh that's a good idea right too. I setting timers and, timers and then and then writing like oh time to take your iron pill time to take your such mm-hmm. and such because then I'm trying to space them out so that they don't counteract with each other because there's mm-hmm. some that counteract mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it literally took about a month but then by a month I had it down to a science and then in two months I could see like oh I'm starting to feel a shift mm-hmm. by three months I felt like a totally different person mm-hmm. and then the people around me were like man you're just like you're on the ball yeah. and you're in a different like you're, you're in a different, different zone, zone mm-hmm. you know but it was literally because I was taking care of myself and it's something that's really and I think there is a joy mm-hmm. in taking care, care of yourself. yourself and I don't think we we put enough emphasis on that so right. you said that and I thought to myself that you know especially with a lot of the anti-black racism that's happening mm-hmm and the blatant white supremacy, patriarchy, all that stuff, is the need for us to commit to filling our cup. And I think that's why that healing piece has been so important to me. And, 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 you know, I think, I think there are other radical thoughts around, we don't have time to care about that because that's going to slow us down. And there are people who think, put that aside and just keep, I think, I think different people have to play different roles. Absolutely. And I think that even just the idea of pausing to love on each other, you know, and what does it mean to make space for our sensuality, our our ability to feel, because we're a lot of us are in robotic mode right yeah. now. How are we filling our cups and what does that cup look like? What is, what do we need to pour into that cup right now? Yeah. Right? Some of us are really need to I was going to say have a side tank. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you need your, you need your thing. You need, yeah. to, you need to feel the humanity of all of who you are. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think even in this, with the Black Lives Matter, one thing that I've been taking from it is it's okay to say we're not okay. Mm-hmm. I think it finally mm-hmm. gave us the freedom this, mm-hmm. in this cycle to be like, no, actually, I'm not okay because no. we're used to sucking it up, right? And, and people actually have time to listen. Yes. Which is annoying because it feels, it, it's good. Sure, if you care about what the people are saying, but it's also annoying that suddenly black pain is 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 trending and we want yeah. to more black pain. But even yeah. if you look at it within, forget the outside people. Yeah. You're in, in a the circle community. in yeah. your community. Yeah. For you to be in your house now yeah. and be able to say the words, I'm, I'm not okay. okay. Yeah, it's powerful. Today is I had that situation last week where, you know, our house is kind of seen as the quote unquote big, big house, big mama's house. Everybody totally comes is. there and gets yeah. what they need. It's literally Sunday food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last week, you know, I'm in my family, I'm kind of the fixer. Everybody kind of comes to me and runs ideas and this is what's going on. And I, I give mm-hmm. advice and say, you know, look at this perspective, try it this way, whatever. And I literally could feel myself buckling under the pressure last mm. week. 
that by the time I got to, I want to say, I felt it on Wednesday. And by the time I, on Thursday, I got to Thursday and that phone rang, I had just like decided like, just to find my joy. Like you got to find the joy. I came yeah. out not even being like, I normally do my gratitude. I couldn't even do my gratitude. And I was like, something's off. And I ended up like, I think I, I was, I put on a song in the bathroom and ended up dancing in front of the mirror in my underwear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And right. And just was like, okay. And jumped in the shower and like, just took a long shower, just trying to decompress and came out the minute I came out phone rang. And of course somebody's coming to come and tell me something that a problem they have, they want me to help fix. And I, for some, for, for things like that, when people like, we have to learn to turn off our phones and yeah. then, you have to also, as yourself, you have to think that you have to know that problems will fix themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you let it go, because sometimes people just like, they'll just come to you like, hey, Brandy, I need your help right away. Yeah. If you, if you're not there, tell me they're not, not they're not going to fix that up. They're not going to oh, figure it out. That moment I said, I picked up the phone and I said, hey, what's going on? And they started and I said, you know what? I'm going to have to ask you to fix this yourself. Which is today. amazing. You I've, ne I've never been able to do that. Yeah. I said, I need you to fix this today. I need you to fix this yourself because mm -hmm. I can't be there for you because I'm not showing up for me. And yeah. I'm today. Yeah. So just, just sometimes give them time. Like I'll let the phone ring. I'll see the person calling. I'll let it ring and just let them because they'll deal with the problem themselves. They mm -hmm. will. They'll, they'll figure it out. And a lot of people is like, if you give them, it's kind of like in science, you guys remember uh, taking the, the path of least resistance? Yes. You become the path, of the path of least resistance, so they always come to you. So okay. you have to just say, okay, I'm not yeah. going to answer this call or whatever, and they'll figure it out. That's what it comes down to. They will figure it out. It's just that they're going to go to you right away. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, I also part of, part of why we don't do that is because we conditioned ourselves to feel good by being the path absolutely there's something about our identity that's tied up into i get to be the fixer yes they fixing, get to come solving to me, you know and so and, yeah. and that's part of and mm -hmm. that's part of the healing is just yeah. like releasing that your identity should not doesn't need to be caught up it could be a strength of yours sure it's mm -hmm. a gifting perhaps to be able to be that source there's probably a reason that you're good at that but does mm -hmm. it have to be the thing that literally chains you to yeah, boxes absolutely. you in boxes and, you in. and yeah. allows you to be unhealthy, right? And yeah. so and you have to be okay with saying um saying I, no. Yeah, yeah, saying no. Boundaries, and then yeah. and then just and I think people are reactionary. Oh, when yeah. they're when they're used to you being a thing for them, you deviating from that and doing anything different. It's like the house is on fire, yep. right? Yeah. How so dare you? How dare, how dare you have boundaries? How dare you have boundaries? <laughs> so that happened. And then I had um, a couple of other friends that called me for something else. And I was just like, I can't. I So, no, I can't do this today. And I wasn't picking up the phone. I did the, I'm not picking up the phone. But because you're so used to me picking up the phone, you're like, oh, so, so then it's a text. Hey, what's going on? Where, where are you? I tried to call. Oh, no, um, I'm, I'm taking a me day. Yeah. And then I, I got up the next day and I was like, no, I need two me days. Nope, I think I'm going to need a me week. And right. it literally turned into a thing where it was like, did I do something to you? And I said, I need you to stop. Yeah. Because this is not about you. Mm -hmm. This is me. And right now, like to the point where it was like, 
I had done something and posted it on Instagram. And I had two people say to me, but oh, I thought sorry, you posted on Instagram and you can get right, back to me, but you couldn't get back to me. <laughs> and I was like, so here's the thing I'm out here right now trying to find some kind of joy in this season. Fuck you week. Yes. Like yeah. part yes. of my French. Yeah. And I'm the done. fact that you are coming to me to say that I didn't get back to you or I'm not allowing you to help me or whatever the case may be. That's that's that. that's a you thing, yeah. and that's even and that. and even in that seat in that moment, yes, you're not used to me saying that's a you thing. It's me apologizing. I'm sorry I made you feel bad, and I'm like, no, you know, it's it's not that. But at at this moment, I'm posting what I want when I want because I'm out here trying to find my joy. And if and it's not that you're not bringing me joy, but it's just that I'm just choosing. Joy I'm choosing yourself. the 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 way that I want to experience my joy right now. Yeah. Right. And, and that's okay. I think a lot of people have to understand that that's okay. That doesn't mean that I have something against you. We're not friends. There's no love. Like it always gets me when people feel that way. Yeah. I think what's happening is that with social media, we're also, we're all being coddled. Right. Oh, my it's God. Like, oh, I know Brandy's there. Oh, I know Perrette's there. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Right. Mm -hmm. That person's always right there. Right? right. So I think what we have to start learning is that we have to take time. Like what I used to do, what I still do actually is take Greg days. It's like to, or Greg weeks. You know, I love you know, it. I love it. Yeah. It's like, yep. no, Greg, no, I'm not, I'm not accessible He's to you. Not, anybody. Right He's not available. Right. Greg's yeah. closed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Closed for a vacation. Yeah. You know <laughs> And I think, I think we all need to start learning to do that, turning our phones off because we carry these things around. Like we are, we've, yeah. and that, what people don't realize is that we've become cyborgs. This makes yeah. us a cyborg, yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, we have these communication devices with us 24 seven. They sleep right next to us, all that stuff. You need to learn, like I've had my phone, I've had cell phones since 1992. So I've had it longer than most people. Right. And I learned like, shut it off like you can shut it off you can literally turn it off and the thing is while you can still turn it off because i know one day you won't be able to turn it off yeah. so while you can still turn it off you should learn how to turn it off and just say this is the me time i'm going to take some time to go go for a walk read a book like just be with the thoughts in my head talk to god whatever it is you know what i'm saying and that's going to help i think that's that's part of the healeling that's that yeah. Think that boundaries is a huge, huge part of the healing process that many of us are dealing with and have never really faced. Because mm -hmm. I think as a people, we weren't, if we think of like the post traumatic slave syndrome in terms of like what are what things have been passed down through trauma, boundaries weren't one of them. We weren't, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know we weren't allowed to have space and not to say that our legacy begins with enslavement, but you know, the idea of space and boundaries to say no and are, are really new things that in our, in, in definitely in my generation, in my family is new, like yeah. saying, okay, I had a relative who was like, I don't want to come to her wedding. And I said, that's cool. You don't have to come. And my family, was on me like how could you not invite so and so and so and so i said they don't want to come 
and I don't want anybody there who doesn't want to be there. Exactly. Like, no puppy show kind right. of thing. Like, you know. I'd be happy if someone told me they want to right, come. Right. You <laughs> money and you're miserable ass ain't going to be there. I was like, I'm not fighting that. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I don't care how high of a rank you are in proximity. Yep. And who's gonna think no? But thank you, you for your transparency. Thank you and for your honesty. Saying, and thank God my mother was in the car as a witness because it could have turned into a big oh a lie upon me. And no, yeah, yeah. You want to be here? I respected it. I didn't fight you on it because I know that I had a particular plan of what I wanted for my particular day, mm -hmm. and that continues even now. It's like my husband and I are different space in terms of asserting it took, it took a long time to even get to this level of like this is the capacity that I have to to offer myself or to give to this space or to take on your shit it's like this is all I have today and P might be closed like P might not have anything to give yeah. anybody today and yeah. you're going to be okay right. because you're going to find crackers and cheese and you're going to be fine Right. Right. It's just going to be, you know, so I feel like us learning to come to a place where we assert our boundaries is new and we need to encourage that, you know, even for me, sometimes receiving that to being on the receiving end where someone Greg's like, Pratt, I don't have time for you. Sometimes it, it, it takes you back where you're just mm -hmm. like, I got to know. And your insecurity comes in where it's like, what did I do? And you do all that stuff. And it's just like, no, it's not about you. This person yeah. simply said, right. no, and that's okay, right? Um, so I, I really think in terms of that healing piece is really thinking about what do you have capacity for? Mm. Um, because there's a lot happening. We started this conversation with like the first six months and all you've been through. And it's not the end of the year. We're not even close to the end of the year, mm -hmm. so to speak. What do you have capacity for? And being able to assert those boundaries, especially now, because the unpredictable is just continuing. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And just appreciate the fact that people are burnt out. Yep. Yeah. Burnt out. And we're just burnt out on a normal day. And now we're in a COVID year. Yep. Yeah. Like this is the unexpected. Yep. Even kids. Kids are kids are kids done. are burnt out. And the kids educator will tell you that. Are they burnt out or they're just bored. No, they're burnt out. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. the thing is, there's a trauma that children mm -hmm. have gone through that that's mm -hmm. not spoken about enough. Kids literally are like, you know, before we used to be like, come off of your devices and come off. Like they their socialization has been jacked up by this whole thing. And they don't know how to like maneuver. You know how to how to maneuver. That's stressing parents and, and so forth and so forth, right? So it's you know it's, it's, actually, it's, it's, it's a trauma for them because they're also not and it's a trauma for parents because yeah. we're not used to being around each other for 24 hours a day yeah yeah when we started covid i work from home so i'm used to my son leaving at 8 8 20 and not coming back home till about 3 40. i have that time to work or do whatever now all of a sudden you're around 24 7. it was a lot for me because then it was like, now I'm like your your remote teacher. Even though you have a teacher, you still <laughs> I, I'm the remote teacher. I'm the I'm counselor. the head counselor. I'm the head kokambakawasha. I'm all of these things, right? And I'm just like, I used to get eight hours off to yeah. not do this, and now you're here, and now you've been here for six months. We just started the summer. 
I'm ready for you to go back to school. We don't know if you're going back to school in the capacity you're used to going back to school in. So even for him, he was like, oh, I love it because he's an introvert. I love it. I, you know, I could totally do this. But I've even noticed that he doesn't notice how much he's missed certain things because now that we have like our social circles and social gatherings, our social circle involves some of our cousins. They'll come over and he's like, can we go outside and play basketball? He had, because I'm like, you literally have not been outside in six months Mm -hmm. because it was, for us, it was a necessity to go outside. Like, we're not just going outside to gallivant. We're going, this is the once a week. You don't need to come. Make me a list of the things you need. So I think for them, their whole dynamic changed. The little independence that they had at school where they were building their own identity and they were getting like this autonomy from mom and dad. It's shifted. It's shifted. Mm -hmm right and then now in a way it's like it's almost like they're they they're kind of like in a day prison (laughs) i mean 24 7. i also think that's why relationships oh it's either it's working out or it's not yeah yeah like most of us don't spend this long getting to know somebody Mm -hmm. like you know you go on your date you spend your couple two three hours you know maybe you spend the night and then you kind of have time in between. Yeah. But now it's like you're on. Right? And even when you get together, even when you live together, you're spending yeah, you the majority home. of your day outside. Yeah. You you're come not home, home spend two or three hours. I, yeah. I think I'm weird because like... Um, you're not weird, Greg. I am weird. I'm very weird. Because <laughs> with COVID, everybody's like, oh my God, this this sucks. I want to go back to the office. Da, da. Oh, I'm, 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 good. Good. I'm good. If that's where you're going, I'm with you. Yeah, for me, I'm just like nothing's changed. <laughs> I got I got to line up to go to the store, but you know, like I'm always home anyways. I'm always sitting here working by myself, and so it's nothing's changed for me. Like I don't miss it, so it's just it's just odd yeah. to me. I mean, that part didn't change for for myself either. It's just now having this additional person, which I think for a lot of people. That but even is- for that, even for that, like to the point where you guys are saying like a relationship, if I had a girl and she was here constantly, I love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. But I, I can easily do it by myself. But I love being around my girl. If like, yo, this is the woman I love, yeah. love it. I could be around her all day long. Yeah. But I don't think that it's it's I don't think that it's that you don't love the person. I think that in the, the society pre-COVID, we were so busy doing the rat race that we spent more time out of the home than we did in the home. So even though you love the person, you're not spending all this time with them. Yeah, and but you, I'm just saying like- yeah. But some people are. All day long. Some people actually enjoy that. Yeah. Which is, which is that was Perrette in her 20s. Now it's, it's like, yeah. I just need hours really? at a time. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm good with hours at a time. And then I'm just like, Give me my space. I'm claustrophobic. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I guess I, the reason I said I was weird is because, like I said, I can be here by myself. I can, I can never see another human being, and I'm pretty sure I'll be okay. Yeah. But I can also be with the one person for the rest of my life, like in the same room, like locked in the same room, and I'd be fine. I know that person wouldn't be, but right. <laughs> I'd be fine. <laughs> you, my friend, are an anomaly. Now, 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 I can't. That's where we diverge, right. Greg. Really? Uh, 
we were kind of on the same page, and then I was like, in a room. Yeah, in a room. Maybe because I spend a lot of time in my own head, too, right? A lot of silence in my own head. So yeah. that's probably what it is. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Getting back to relationships, though, do you guys want to talk a little bit about, like, because right now there's, like, all this Black Lives Matter, and in Black Lives, the one thing, another thing that we don't talk about is, like, Black love, right? So, Perrette, I know you're married. Right. And uh, Brandy, I don't know what your status is. I, I am actively single. Actively single. Actively, single, actively mean? single means like I'm sitting in my house waiting for God to open up my roof and drop him inside. <laughs> I'm actively single. So kind of passively single, yeah. kind of ish. Actively praying, but passively pursuing. Yeah, girl. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a, so, it's yeah. a desire on my heart. Put it that way. So black love, What? how would you guys define black love wow hmm. or what is black love to you well the single, the single woman and the married woman part of me was like why the black in front of the love but, because it's necessary but, but, i think so but i do understand um there's a kind of the black is part of the politic mm-hmm. and i think that now I'm forgetting your question. What was the question again? What is black love? What is black love, right? I think it's it's loving through it's owning it's taking up space without apology in a world that constantly tries to silence the capacity in you to care for another being and share yourself with And I think that, like in my experience, there's constant shock, even amongst our community, that you can find love, Mm -hmm. that you have the capacity to love, that you have the capacity to share, to have a choice. Because I do think that love is a choosing. I don't think that, you know, like, you know, I can, I feel like I could be so fickle minded, like, you know, today I love you, today I don't love you, you know, Mm -hmm. it feels like you know, there's a way that, you know, we're pulling the pedals and like, I love you, not, I love you, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a constant in a world that's always trying to question your arrival at where you are in choosing to love somebody, where you are persisting anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're choosing joy anyway, that you're choosing love anyway. For me, my lesson is I'm amazed at what you can get through together. That's been my learning. Mm-hmm. I think partnership is about like, wow, we survived that and like, we're still standing. Okay. Like mm-hmm. this is not so bad as someone who's flight again, butterfly grounding yourself in love and being able to sort of anchor with somebody and work through things with somebody. I'm glad Nigel's not like me. Mm-hmm. I don't think two press minded. there. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, try that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work because you need someone who's going to anchor and be optimistic and see right. like like we can get through anything. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you are you hundred percent sure? And there's there's a way when you survive those moments that you realize the possibilities in love. And I think I think around you, people don't don't expect you to to have love to survive 
to choose each other, to choose to grow together, to choose to plan together. People are right. in shock. Yeah, like, there have been absolutely. so many people who are like, oh, you guys have this or you've done that or, you know, he cares or, oh, oh, your husband actually loves you. And I'm like, why, why, why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, just we're so surprised. Even I have been surprised and continue to be surprised where you look at a black couple and you realize there's a missing representation that continues to be out there. Yes. Where we see love. I loved speaking of which insecure's episode when not, Issa, not the last one. Last last season. When Issa and what's his name? Lawrence. Lawrence. They did they filmed this beautiful, like I was I was on my couch grinning. Like, like I was giddy at how they were figuring themselves. Not the last episode. Not the oh, last episode. I was about it, the, it, the one before. The, the one second before. Life. The yes, one before. That episode was everything. I mean, everything. I still feel the joy. I just wanted to hug mm-hmm. someone. I was yep. watching it by myself. And I called Sarah. Greg so I don't, I, I don't watch that. I, I don't watch TV. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, okay. That's oh, wow. That's good. Great. But anyway, Insecure is a show about Black people and it like, you know, it's just melanin really well, really well done on mm-hmm. a screen. Mm-hmm. And this episode was just like, we were shining bright. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? It wasn't fairy tale. It was the complexity of love represented two people trying to figure out how to re- recover from pain and try again. Mm-hmm. And just how it was done, just like... It hit me and deep. It was beautiful. It was and so honest. friggin' honest and beautiful. Like yes. I just, I just, and and I realized the reason why I was giddy on my couch. I literally danced like oh, <laughs> like I was all kinds of fun, <laughs> stupid, stupid things on the couch. 10, 10 30 at night by myself. Yes. I just realized I was craving that image. Mm-hmm. I was craving to see. And again, it wasn't like oh my gosh, we're so perfect. We're together. We're like. Fairy tale. No, it was it was all of that, but also we're struggling to just figure ourselves out. We're striving, yeah. like our souls are striving to be better together. Mm-hmm. And I loved seeing that. And yeah. I think that's black love. It's like our souls are striving to stay together, to own our place, literally in the complexity of what is. I think that's part yeah. of what what black love is and it's beautiful to see and it's beautiful to see that in this fictional realm but also in the ways that it's so real and i love when people whether they're coupled or not share their stories of of survival through that Mm -hmm. you know because kind of like you started with like bad girlfriend but the fact that you're still assumingly standing or sitting in this Mm -hmm. moment and being able to say that and maybe even willing to try loving someone again yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I never give up on love. I'm a writer. <laughs> like, I write poetry, yeah. so I will never give up on love. Yeah. I like some stuff, but love is beautiful, and mm-hmm. black love to me is is God sent. Like it's yeah. like beautiful black women. There's just no other way. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I might say whatever the bad girlfriend thing, but it's it's not uh, it's not an indication of where my heart really is. Like mm-hmm. love is beautiful, right? Yeah. And yeah, black love is like, it's just that we don't see it. So I like talking about it. We don't yeah. see it. Like we watch TV all day long and movies all day long and they don't want to show that, right? They want to show 
booty booty shaking and all that stuff it's like that's not what we are that's not all we are and i just want to see more expressiveness of this this beautiful thing and show people like this it's not just these kind of people that love these people love too mm -hmm. right never show that part that's that's why i was curious and also within black love to to just know that people black people love themselves and are yeah. capable of loving other yeah. other black people right? yeah. but we're so used to the idea of the criminal the criminalizing yeah. black bodies right we are so criminalizing and sexualizing and yes. sexualizing exactly mm -hmm. so when you see and this is sadly what if i think about it deeply that's the shock that i felt watching that show that day it's just mm -hmm. like there was no crime there was no ghettoization so to speak in quotation it was there's no sexualized yes there was sex but there wasn't it wasn't sexualization yeah it wasn't, it wasn't it was, dirty it was, it, was it, it was just like it, yes literally it, love? it was love beautiful it was like love. freaking like i wanted to be a part of that sex like right. I yeah. was in the background like and it okay. didn't <laughs> right I, I just wanted to be there but it, you know yeah. because it was just that beautiful of like that's awesome yeah it was a it, Honestly, as a single black woman, I think you want to take Issa's place. <laughs> Say the word. Swap it out. Say All right, word. Lawrence. <laughs> as a single black woman, I think a lot of the time, and I think it's society and the and the images that we are given that are not really reflective of us. We like I always have to say to a lot of people, like we're not a monolith, we right? We really are. And the fact that we can take one stereotype and cast that against everybody. And then in a way, that's what like society, the oppressor gives out and shows. And then we, we soak that up and we start to live that, like that's who we are, right? And that's not who we are. And so when I, I'm very, I love black love. I know, I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I know people are people, but I love Black love. I'm committed and dedicated to one day being in a, a wholesome, loving, um, effectively communicated relationship where I can love a Black man deeply, see through his, see his flaws, love him in spite of his flaws, and want to support him, build him up, add to him, you know, create a legacy, things that we, and I think the why I feel so strongly about that, I always say, like, we were never, like, you have to think about it. A couple hundred years ago, yeah, we, were not. we weren't even considered people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that idea of the Black family was who cares about your black family? There's no black family because you're owned. You're not people. You're you're like cattle. Mm -hmm. You're considered cattle. You're property. So why do I need to keep property? Get like you wouldn't see a farmer say, "Oh, I'm gonna keep this this family of cows together." You know, they need to love on each other. No, so they split it. We were we were a profit and we were property. You know, and so the remnants of of us in a way even hating ourselves um to not communicate black love to each other effectively 
has a lot to do with that generational stain that's on us. It just got passed down and passed down and passed down. So you even see it sometimes in relationship mm -hmm. and in marriages, mm -hmm. right? And so I think Black love is exquisite. I think it's awesome. It's beautiful. It is kingship. It's, it's radical. Sorry to cut you, yeah. but it's, I was listening to Cornell West. I had a little binge on Saturday around here, mm -hmm. bell hooks. And <clears throat> I love that he speaks to the idea of radical love and people have oh, lots of absolutely. feelings around. And black love is a revolutionary act. Yeah. I, I mean, I think people have lots of feelings about Cornell West, but I really, in this time, appreciate the idea of mm -hmm. maybe because of my interest in what it means to heal and be whole, mm -hmm. of the idea of radical love, loving ourselves. And again, whether it's loving yourself or loving with somebody or mm -hmm. loving as part of community, it's literally radical. And I yes. think that when we see ourselves pushing against the grain and choosing radical love as a way of resistance, as a way of being whole, as a way of asserting her, our humanity, then, you know, that's the epitome of black joy for me. It's just the idea of, in spite of what you mm -hmm. try to box me in, in spite of the ways that, because to your point about um, the example of families in a, in a enslaved era, mm -hmm. Like there are still families loving each other and trying to come back together, even yes. when they were separated, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think we often speak about how black love has persisted across oceans, across mm -hmm. generations. You know, when you think of, you know, I came here with my mother and my father eventually reunited with us. Right. So the idea of families trying to love across distances is, mm -hmm. is not like new. And I think even just choosing to love, across time and across ideas of self and what mm -hmm. we can cannot be and do i don't know i think that's part of the radicalness yeah. of love and i think we're in a time now where we say black lives matter but black love matters absolutely as well. yeah. it's just but amazing. I mean, black lives and black love i think they're they're uh, mm -hmm. they're intertwined right you can't have oh, one without the other you can't have one without the other yeah so yeah uh i have a few questions I know we're going strong, but I just want to get these questions in sure. in case anything goes wrong. So it's hard to pick because there's two people. <laughs> uh, so let me just ask, uh, what is your everyday carry? This is the question I always ask this one. Out of the five, I always make sure I ask this one. What is your everyday carry when it comes to the te technology? Like if I saw you on the street today and I'm like, okay, show me all the tech that you have on you right now. What would you have on you? Uh, for me, hands down, it would be my iPhone. iPhone? My iPhone. Yeah, I can. It's not even about the social media stuff. I can shut all of that off. It's really just having a place to put my thoughts. If I had nothing else, if I didn't have pen or paper, mm -hmm. I would be able to put thoughts there, record voice memos, Google to look for inspiration capture moments um, yeah. through my video or photography, like a sunrise or a sunset or anything like that. Just a, to me, it's just a great piece of connect, 
technology, sorry, if used properly, mm-hmm. that can just allow you to just be creative and just really capture and create and curate all in one spot. doesn't matter how, how you choose to do it. I don't think it's that deep for me. <laughs> I'm like, I have a Samsung that I need to get rid of because like there's no space. Um, I can't seem to save anything on this device. You should back it up to the cloud. Yep. I try. I don't know, Greg. We can talk about that another time. Yeah, we we'll talk about it for sure. Walk, walk me through how to get rid of <laughs> things. But like, yeah, I mean, I think I like bringing my phone. Like I'm imagining them when I take out my phone and use it, it's really to take pictures of nature. I feel like that's what's happening most mm-hmm. of the time these days outside of answering a call. But outside of that, I'm not, I'm not trying to write. I don't like taking notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm really not using this phone very well when I think about it. I can't, I can't <laughs> I, even say that I, I use my phone to answer calls. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely don't. Yeah. Like I, I know that's a powerful, a, a powerful tool. Like when I did have the running app before it was too full, mm-hmm. like I would use it for things like, oh, how much did I run today? Oh, I actually right. made three kilometers, like, or whatever the time mm-hmm. I know you could probably do like 25 in like one sitting, but we're <laughs> at three. And yeah, so like things like that, using using my phone to pull up things that I, like even yoga on the go or something like that. Like that's what my phone is for me. It's an, it's an app accessory. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, Brandy's point, I was, um, I was on a run two days ago and uh, I don't carry my phone with me. So I had my watch though. I had a, I have an Android watch and it's an older watch, but it works for me. But then I had a thought like this, like, a, you know, I'm thinking and then it's like just a line of like a poetry came into my head and I'm like trying to figure out how to get a note in. It just was a disaster. It was a disaster. It came back to me today though, when I was writing this morning, I got up this morning and that's all I wanted to do was write. Aww. So it came back to me. So I wrote it down. It was great. But otherwise, yeah, the phone is the for taking notes and things like that. I, I I used to use it a lot for that kind of stuff, like just on the fly, like, oh, a thought pops in, you, you get it down. Most of the people I've talked to so far are carrying uh, an iPhone. It's just uh, the rare breed that's carrying the Androids. <laughs> so another question would be, what makes you successful or what do you, what do you call success? What do you see as success? Because it's totally different for everyone. One of the questions I think about often as well, outside of death, you know, <laughs> I, I think they work, they're on the same side, opposite sides of the coin for me. Is mm. I think success for me is about impact. Like that's been the word this year is like, what impact am I having? Am I having impact? Could, because I think success, it's a measurable, it's a measurable sort of tool, so to speak, is to think, What's the impact I've had and having impact, I think is part of your success. So whatever you choose to do, if, if I'm really about healing, have I, how, what's the impact of supporting people in their healing that can be shared, you know, and measured or communicated has, have someone, has someone said that you supporting them in X, Y, Z has been um, a factor in their healing process. Mm-hmm. If they don't say anything, maybe you're too stuck in just your own stuff 
And so in the, in, in the capacity of being a part of people who sort of the body that supports people in their healing, maybe you're not having an impact and you're not successful. I think for me, it's never been, I feel like I, the life I have now, so to speak, is exactly what I avoided and didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want the house and the white picket. Like, I feel like I totally have the white picket. I do. I have the white picket fence yeah, life. Okay. I didn't want that. I thought I was going to be so much so when I got married, my dad's like, wow, we're actually putting on clothes to go to your wedding. Like, that <laughs> a lot to me. The fact that my father said, I'm going to actually buy a tux. <laughs> you know, actually put on clothes like it just right. you know I laughed but I was like I'm not that bad like was I really like no yes you were pee. like people thought you're a hippie they didn't yeah, you're, you're, sure. gonna, you're just gonna be on some rocks saying like I do <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but I totally was bougie which is also part of me too so it's all good but you know but there's a way that I think about I think what I what I why I didn't why I rejected this at one point is just there's a way that you get caught up with maintaining this that you don't have impact outside of maintaining this mm -hmm. right and you don't contribute to community and so for me my success is measured on how have I helped the black community how have I helped community when I feel like unproductive it comes back to oh wow I've just been so insular I've been about me and like my home and my life and my career and my job but like, what have I extended beyond what benefits my household or myself? So I think part of my success is measured on that. What about you? So success for me, I think, I would say growth mm. for sure, because literally growth leads to everything that yeah. I can think of when I try to quantify it exactly. Mm -hmm actively pursuing growth changes my mindset which changes my attitude towards things allows me to have new experiences mm -hmm. allows me to be a better person so that i can take care of my family better you know and then in doing those things and having growth even professionally just growing to be successful at my job that then in turn allows me to take care of things on a personal level. Mm -hmm. So then therefore not only can I have an impact in my household, but then I'm able to use the things that I've learned and the growth that I have to then have an impact in the society at, at large, right? right? And more specifically, black people, yeah. right? And the mm -hmm. advancement of that, I think a lot of the times, especially um, historically, we, just go through we go through life just kind of bandaging and we use what we have and we just get by mm -hmm. where it's like if i take care of me to the best of my ability if i grow within me and yeah. do the things that, and that i need to do piece. and i have that self-love piece i have that healing piece i find the joy you're I can already now, successful right i can spread mm -hmm. that it's a trickle effect and yeah. so that for me is really yeah. what i define as as success there's definitely success in just being able to love yourself, you know, yeah, and yeah. love. I'm looking at this book that someone gifted me, I'm Enough. Um, and that's a statement that I've prescribed to like 
you know, like lots of times. And, you know, as I look at it, and the reason I have it in my living room is just to remind myself that you are enough. Because mm-hmm. this yeah. is a world that just remembering that you're enough is already radical. Um, right. World that's always trying to remind you how many hoops you got to go through. No, right. you're enough. To measure up. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. You're just enough by You're existing. just enough, period. Yeah. So last question, guys. I know you guys have to go. Say some shit that they're going to quote you out of context for when they come for you. <laughs> that is a good one. Oh, man. Wow. When they come for me, they come for me. Like something you said and they're going to just come, come, through the side door. Huh? Come, come through the side door. I say that because someone's going to misquote that in the sense that I'm just saying that I want you to social distance in a particular way. Mm -hmm. So don't come through the front door, but that's going to turn into a whole bunch of, "Eh, who does she think she is coming through the side door? Like, I don't know. What else are they going to misquote us on? Uh, Oh, I get misquoted all the time when I say boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you're going to make, you're going to catch these hands. (laughs) <laughs> people are forever like what you want to get physical with me and i'm like no it's not necessarily a physical thing it's don't bring me out of myself to read you essentially right so be very careful and very very selective with what you say to me because those words have power and how i interpret it and then in kind respond to you right mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna catch these hands Black Lives Matter is going to be counted out of context. Oh, that will, that will, that's been, you know, you know, Black Love Matters. Yep. Black, my blackness is not a trend. Right. Right. That is definitely something I can see by the end of this year, people are going to be like, oh my, not all people, but the others will be like, I'm so over it. I thought we acknowledged you guys. Can we, can we, can we get Stop please, talking like, black can we people. please stop talking We're black so people. Over We're black over black people. We're done. Yeah, I think we've been dealing with it. Like, black people have been dealing with it for like 500 years, and they just started dealing with it like last right. month. Right? Five, that's what it is. Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Uh, I mean, like that's a whole that's a whole can of worms. Like mm-hmm. I've talked to other people about it, and just how like all of a sudden they see us. It's like yeah, yeah I've been here I the know. whole time. It's very yeah. annoying. I, it's yeah. very annoying. Even within a religious community, like I'm a little annoyed with the church too, because like, oh, now we're trending and now everyone has the Holy Ghost and like Christians are like, really, guys, where have we been? Where have right. we? Well, we've been sitting on the sidelines. Like, you right? know, you know, all we've been the all lives movement as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, that's part of the problem. So yeah. but I think we're getting a little more, we're moving from a, a little more Martin, not that there was anything wrong with Martin. And we're getting a little more Malcolm. I don't know. I, 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 I think I, Malcolm I, is necessary. No, I think we're I think we're we're starting to head in that trajectory. And there's nothing wrong. Okay. Two very different we men agree to disagree. to disagree. That's fine. That I I think we're just touching Martin. Well, I I'm gonna let you know. I'm on my Malcolm. <laughs> I've been Martin. I'm on my Malcolm right now. Wow. Like, I, terms, I, I want you. I want church, you to come and ask me stuff. The so black like, church catch these hands. is not at Malcolm yet. They're just yeah. like they're just waking up to Martin. No, I mean, me and church have a different uh, outlook. 
right? Yeah. Have, like I have too much to say about churches, so I never talk to people about it because <laughs> I'm totally you like. Don't talk about religion and politics. <laughs> no, you know what? I want to, but like I'm just not on the same page, and I don't understand. There's just too much. I can't talk mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Like everybody will be mad, and it will be like another hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, this was great. I was like, I'm happy that uh, Brandy came on board with us oh, today, and uh, we had a great conversation. Um, I hope you guys will come back on again. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, any plugs you guys want to put in? Any like you want any people to go to your Instagram or anything like that? Anything coming um, up? I have a blog. Okay. Um, it's called Styles by Night. So it is a lifestyle blog. I'll plug my last or our last post, which has to do, which is an open letter to our kids as black mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. And so um, that I really haven't been able to create anything since writing that a couple of weeks ago, because I feel like it took a couple of weeks for me to even for us to even conceive it and write it because mm -hmm. the mood was just so heavy and we didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And now, and now it's out and now it's like, people are like, what's next? And I'm like, oh, we'll see. <laughs> so is that, is that stylesbynight.com? Yeah, styles by night. So it's S-T-Y-L-E-S by, mm -hmm. and then night with a K. So K-N-I-G-H-T.com. Oh, night. Okay. Sweet. All right, guys. Um, I guess we're gonna wrap today, and uh, it was really nice talking to you guys. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks so much, Greg. So good to talk right. to you. Nice seeing you again. Bye, guys. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Toasted Soul. Thank you for listening and supporting Toasted Soul. Visit us at toastedsoul.com to leave comments or book guest appearances and to get news on Toasted Soul. Please join us again next week. And as always, live with soul.